This episode is brought to you by The Route. Have you heard about The Route Beauty? It's a clean, medical-grade skincare brand founded by a nurse and her best friend. Both are beauty industry experts and working moms in their 50s who wanted to address all the reason the skin ages in as few products as possible. All formulas are designed to work in harmony with your skin's circadian rhythm and are backed by science, road-tested by experts, and proven to work. The route works its magic by using award-winning, clinically proven ingredients that deliver transformative results. I love the entire line, but their Instagram famous party peel is one of my favorites. It's an invisible oxygenating peel, meaning it won't actually make you peel, that bubbles on contact so you can literally watch the ingredients work their magic to give you smooth, glowing, party-ready skin, and it's gold. Speaking of gold, the golden rule is also a game changer. It's a next generation retinoid gentle enough to be used every day. Retinoids are one of the best ways to teach your skin how to act young again, but they can make your skin super sensitive. In fact, some people can't tolerate them at all. That's why the golden rule is the perfect solution. And we love it. I could go on, but why don't you check out the line and let us know what you think? They are offering 25% off just for our amazing listeners. So head on over to the routebeauty.com and enter courageous 25 at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Welcome to courageous wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French, and this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. We have a wonderful conversation with Ashley Sondergaard of the Yoga Magic podcast, and we just adore her. So we're really excited to share this episode with her. But as always, we're going to start with our updates. And since I'm talking, I'll just kick us off. (laughs) Um, I have been really enjoying Allie. I've been really getting consistent again with journaling. Like I've Mm. been really into journaling and we actually just did recently. Um, I did a Patreon bonus episode where I talked all about the benefits of journaling. And if you're not familiar, um, for anyone listening, I mean, I couldn't believe like the mental health benefits of journaling it studies show how greatly it reduces depression 
anxiety and also can boost our immune system. I'm not going to give it all away, but like it was really, it's an interesting episode where we really break down the science behind journaling. But, um, I've shared before, like I do a lot of future journaling exercises. I do like brain dump journaling. Um, but I recently bought one of those five minute daily gratitude journals and, um, yeah, it, I love it. Like I really look forward to it every single day now where I, it's so easy and I just do five minute gratitude journals and they have prompts. Actually, you're supposed to do it like five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night. I don't do that. Like I just do it once a day and I answer all the prompts. So so if it's the night prompts, I'll just say, you know, I'll answer them from like the day before or whatever. Like I make it work, but I do it every day and I've really enjoyed it. So I guess journaling is my big update of something that's now like, it's always been a part of my self-care toolkit, but the five minute journal is now like a daily practice I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing I'm enjoying this week that I wanted to share with um, our listeners is I'm really excited because Sakara, which um, is a company and a brand that we love, they recently relaunched um, their protein bars to make them even, I was like cleaner for lack of a better word. Like there's no junk in these bars whatsoever. Um, and I ordered, um, the protein super bar collection. So I got eight bars of each that is really, really neat. It's all plant protein. And I got, so I got eight bars of each, the beauty protein bars, the energy bars, the detox bars and the metabolism bars. And so the metabolism super bars are so delicious. I've enjoyed they them are. for a long time. Yeah. They have the metabolism super powder in it, which I'm a huge fan of, which supports a healthy metabolism balances our cortisol levels. And it's like chocolate fudgy flavored. Um, but I'm really excited to try the other bars. I haven't gotten them yet, but I'm really excited because, um, the beauty protein bars are like a lemon poppy flavor. And I've heard they're really good and they increase, um, brightness, support collagen regeneration, soothe inflammation. Um, yeah. And so I just kind of wanted to get like a sampler pack. So I got the, I did, I ordered the protein super bar collection and I'm really excited about it. And again, like I really, the ingredients are pretty clean. It's all plant-based organic 12 grams of protein, gluten and dairy free. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. So I know I like the metabolism super powder bars. Um, I don't know if that's what they're called, but the metabolism super bar, I really enjoy. And I'm really excited to try the others because I, um, I always am interested in a good bar. Cause yeah. you know, especially they're hard like, to get good bars are hard to get. They just are, whether they're like, don't taste great or the ingredients aren't ideal yeah. or they're I just, also, you know. yeah. I also love the, um, BTR bars. I know we had yeah. Ashley on our Listen, podcast. They're, my they're, favorite. they're a favorite of, of mine too. I have them all over. Um, so yeah, I'd say like Sakara bars and BTR bars are probably the bars I'd recommend in terms of like good ingredients. ingredients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're both plant powered. Um, yeah. And if you want to try the Sakara bars or anything from Sakara, you can always save 20% on your first order with code EXO courageous. Um, but I'm excited about it. I just like, I was reading about the ingredients and, um, I, I, like I said, I liked the bars before I've also tried their, um, detox bar. Um, 
which again, like the word detox isn't, it just encourages like your natural detoxification process, right? Like our livers detoxify us every single day, you know, without any, we don't have to take anything to make that happen. We're just naturally quote detoxing every day by existing, um, in our beautiful human bodies. But, um, yeah, so the detox bars are like delicious and, um, they just support that natural detoxification. So I just was excited to order some new bars to throw in my bag, especially as like, we've gotten busier and more outside events and more, just more life happening. It's just nice to have some bar diversity, (laughs) (laughs) bar diversity. Yeah. Bars are always a hard thing. So yeah, those are my updates. How are you, Allie? What's up with you this week? I know you've had a lot of travel going on. Yes. I've had a lot of travel. I actually, speaking of our Patreon stuff, I know you did, um, a little mini episode on for our Patreon community on the journaling. I did one on my travel hacks and honestly, they're, they're such a lifesaver. Um, especially now that like, even with the COVID restrictions still, they don't really feed you on planes. And, um, everybody knows that like, you know, air airport food is very expensive and also, um, very limiting. And so I, you know, I broke down in our little Patreon episode, um, some of my favorite things to do. And I like, I travel with a stainless steel lunchbox and I, I bring it with me and it's just like ways to stay satiated and get, you know, digestion can be really affected from air travel too. Um, I know people who experience bloating and all different, not fun side effects. So staying hydrated, you know, and, and easy ways to bring your own food. It cuts down on cost and cuts cuts up. That's not a thing (laughs) and energizes, um, you know, with, with just like, yeah, energy for, you know, bopping around wherever you're going. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of break that down more, but that's been a huge, huge, huge help for me, especially because I have been traveling for some work stuff the last couple of weeks. So, um, that's kind of what's going on with me. Um, but I think we have a really great episode, so I don't want to like talk too much longer. I'd love to get into the episode with Ashley, just because um, I'm sure our listeners are going to really enjoy it as much yes. as we did. So do you want to kick us off? Yes, absolutely. Today on the podcast, we welcome Ashley Sondergaard, podcast host, pregnant mama to two little girls and coach who works with clients in cosmic self-care. After finding yoga, Ashley's entire world opened up and it led her down the path of self-discovery and self-care. For the last 10 years, she has guided thousands of students through yoga, meditation, and mindfulness practices to help them discover what fills up their cup so that it is truly overflowing. She also hosts events, and I was able to attend one of her virtual new moon events a couple months ago, which was really wonderful, and I learned so much from Ashley. Ashley created her coaching business and the Yoga Magic Podcast to help give listeners and clients a library of accessible new practices. She offers clients customized self-care plans, astrology readings, and yoga classes. In this episode, we get to hear all about Ashley's journey. We talk about astrology, cosmic self-care, yoga, and lots more. And we really adore Ashley and, and enjoy her platform so much and loved this conversation with her today. We also had the pleasure of being guests on her podcast, and you can find the link to that episode in the show notes. So please enjoy the episode. This episode is brought to you by Ned. 
Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How's that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today we want to talk about Ned's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp, and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also, Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash CWPODCAST to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. Whether you are a Patreon member in our nutrition community or a regular listener of the podcast, you know that Ali and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for months and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am now devoted to taking seed every morning before food and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic, is vegan and gluten-free, and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. 
Yes. In addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet, which is pretty important. Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, Go to seed.com and use Courageous15 at checkout for 15% off. Or click on the link in our show notes or the link tree on Instagram. Thank you so much, Ashley, for joining us today. We are very excited to have this conversation with you. We really love everything you're doing. So to get us started, can you please share with us just a little bit about your background and your journey to wellness? Well, thanks gals. This is so fun. It was so fun chatting with you on my show as well. And I don't, it's sometimes weird. I know you guys said this when we were chatting, like it's weird to talk about yourself when you're not the host. So this will be, this will be good. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Ashley. I am a spiritual entrepreneur. I have a show, a podcast called yoga magic, where we talk all things, self-care and self-discovery. I call myself a cosmic self-care coach. So what I do is I use astrology to get really personalized in helping people figure out what the heck to do when it comes to self-care, like navigating wellness in a little more specific way. And I'm a yoga teacher of 10 years. Um, I have two little girls, almost a third little girl on the way. Um, she's like half formed. So we'll see her in 20 weeks. <laughs> and um, I just, I really... I love this space of wellness and it's been so fun. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but to see it change and shift over the last several years, but my road to getting here, I feel this has always sort of been in the back of my mind. I've always so interested in well-being, and it took on a more spiritual lens in the last several years. Um, but when I first discovered yoga, gosh, it was about 15 years ago. And I always tell this story because it's so funny. Like the first class I ever took was an all Britney Spears yoga sculpt class. And <laughs> I was like laying in Shavasana thinking like, this is heaven. I'm, I'm never going to leave. Like, this is exactly what I need. And it was so funny because clearly like there's more to yoga than something like that. And it, it really grew from there. But I was so grateful for that experience for something that felt sort of light and fun. And eventually I got into um, you know, learning more about the eight limbs and really understanding the philosophy of yoga and honoring the, the lineage that it is and started teaching myself. Um, and eventually I started working for Core Power Yoga. So I worked for them for, yeah, 10 years of teaching and like five in leadership. And it led me to just want to start something on my own, something a little bit more niche. Um, and that's how I got to what I do now, which is hosting the podcast and working with people one-on-one -on -one around cosmic self-care. So I still teach yoga a little bit, but it's really, it's kind of blended now into this more um, nuanced space of, of well-being. If I didn't have that yoga background though, I would have never gotten here. Thank you for sharing that. It's so, it's always nice to just learn a little bit more, you know, about our guests and, um, 
sort of the trajectory that they've um, kind of gone through over the last, you know, decade plus in your case. Um, I'm curious now that you said, you know, you have yoga was the foundation. It was sort of the entry point for you in this, um, in this space, in this journey, your own journey. And, and now it's still a part of it, a component. Um, but can you share with us a little bit about how this, um, idea of self-care or wellness practices for you has expanded? Um, if that means, you know, your sense of what you practice has expanded or, um, philosophy or just other things that you might also incorporate in your, in your own practices, but then in your work as well. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like the yoga that we see in the U S is often very physical. It's, it's a workout and I understand the marketability behind that. And yet there's so much, there's so much more to yoga that when I first really, really felt that I felt that connection because yoga means, you know, to connect union. When I felt that this is a lot bigger than just this pose or this like Lululemon filled room. (laughs) I was, I was so moved and was excited to one, just feel like this more to feel that freedom, to feel that I could make choices for myself that ultimately might be a little bit different than everybody else or than what I was quote unquote supposed to be doing. And And that I could teach other people through yoga and ultimately through wellness and self-care that their life can be so amazing. I mean, it really can, but I needed to experience that, you know, myself. And when I found yoga, I was um, studying for the LSAT. Like I, I, in my mind was like, I'm going to take the, I'm going to go to law school and do all these things. And I think I didn't, I didn't really want to do that. I just, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. I thought I was supposed to go to some sort of, you know, postgraduate and, and marry my partner, which I ultimately did, but like all of it felt so structured and rigid and, you know, for perspective, I'm in the Midwest and I know you guys out on the coast, it's like, it's a little bit different here. It is like kind of expected that this is the path that you take. And I just felt like, I didn't want to, do those things. I wanted to do something a little bit different and it allowed me to listen and get to know who I was and get to know what I wanted. And it's actually really, really interesting. So people that are born around the same time, are you guys, I'm born on, I was born at 86. Are you guys, are we about the same age? I'm 86. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she's 80. Eight, right? Erica? So you yeah. have a little bit different. <laughs> She's like a little younger. Than yeah. So the lunar nodes are a great way to kind of understand what was happening at that time. And also this is, you know, our birth chart. Um, it shows us part of our spiritual path and just our, our, our path in life in this particular life. And I have a Libra Aries um, North and South node. So what that shows me is that I was moving away from the we of like doing things for other people to the me, which is part of my journey. So yoga was the first time that I really, really listened to that. And I felt sort of radical. I still do at times, like I do what I want, you know? (laughs) Um, And it led me to discover that actually, you know what? I really 
do want a family. I want a family and I want to, and I want to have little girls and I want to work in a different way. And I want to be around people and I don't want to go to grad school and I, you know, all these different things. Um, when I did ultimately have my kids, you know, that was like the first real test of this all like, okay, now you have to like, keep another person alive. How's that going to work? How can you still, you know, nurture yourself while taking care of others? And so that's when I started to really develop a lot of the tools that I use, um, the self-care tools that really work for me that I teach to others, because I, I, I'm going to kind of learn the hard way this, you can't take care of these little people, your, the people that you love in your life. If you don't take care of yourself, there's no possible way. And I know that sounds like, oh yeah, we hear that all the time. Yep. But it's, we're just not culture, you know, we're not trained conditioned to live like that as women. We do the total opposite. We just give and give and give and give until we're completely depleted. So I'm, I'm the cheerleader in the background, always saying like, no, 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 please take care of yourself. Yeah, no, I love that. And I definitely want to get into what all of the things about cosmic self-care, right? As you mentioned, like what is cosmic self-care? But before um, we unpack that, I'm curious too, because you mentioned, right? I um, I went to one of your moon workshops and you just mentioned the the astrology and the nodes. And I'm, I'm curious too, like was your upbringing, especially like you said, if you grew up in the Midwest as well, what was your upbringing like that really did your upbringing include like spirituality and this type of world? And, and if not, I see you shaking your head, which our (laughs) listeners can't. So please elaborate. But, um, how did your environment support this awakening as well too? Cause I think a lot of times breaking out of these boxes, right. That we put ourselves in, I think it's so much scarier if our environment isn't necessarily the most supportive of that too. So yeah. Yeah. How how was your experience growing up and you know, all of that? So I grew up in, in the Midwest. I grew up in Minnesota and it was a really small town. And, you know, looking back at 35 now, I'm really, really, really grateful for that experience because I developed this sort of yearning for something bigger. I like you guys, this is funny. I, you know, I think of, I think of Belle, you know, in Beauty and the Beast where she's like out in the fields, just being a, like a kind of a weirdo. Like that was, <laughs> I kind of felt like that person all the time. And I, it was hard. It was hard. I was like such a, just kind of an outcast because I thought differently. I always wanted to be really open-minded. I was a theater kid and it somehow it worked. Like it worked for me. My parents are amazing. And they knew that eventually, you know, I'd kind of peace out of this small town. But what was so interesting when I look back now as an adult, and I'm I'm here educating um, other people around spirituality, is that there was a pretty rigid religious structure that I've had to do a lot of unpacking with. And so I grew up Catholic and like really, really pretty strict Catholic. And I remember when I told my priest, who at the time, like, I really trusted and I said, you know, I'm I'm really getting into yoga. Like, I love this practice. It makes me feel so good. It's helping me understand like our connection to God. Cause like it truly is. And he said, oh, be careful with that because it's, it's a slippery slope. You know, when you start doing things like that, you know, it's, you're going to go down this path. He was right. He was so right because here I am today, just my, my worldview has expanded. You know, I see so many different things so many different people, so many different belief structures. 
And I, you know, I was like this my whole life. This was inevitable, but I almost needed like that sort of rigid reaction to break out of my shell and be like, yeah, I'm going to have to leave that behind. (laughs) Here I am. So it was, it was definitely not normal. And, you know, my parents are so supportive and I, again, they always knew that I would kind of do what I wanted to do. So they, they support me, but they'll listen to my show every once in a while. And they're like, tell me more about this psychic journey that you took. You know, they have lots of questions. Um, and I know I'm not alone, especially those that have had some of that Catholic baggage. It's, it's not always pretty, but I, it gave me a lot of perspective into who I am today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's so interesting, you know, like as we're talking about regionally too, yes, there are kind of subcultures within our country. There's so many of them, let's be real. Um, but in areas, regions that sort of are kind of known for open-minded thought versus more traditional kind of structure. And, um, and I, you know, wherever you go, you can, I think, find certain communities, you know, it might, they might be smaller in certain areas, but to have you doing this work in a, in the Midwest, I think is also really important because it does become sometimes like, I don't know, almost like trendy or oversaturated, I think in, in LA for sure. But when there's something really grounded, I think about you and about, um, the work that you do and the way you approach it too. And I think that's really relatable. And I think, and I actually think wellness in general, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, you're saying you've seen this sort of space, the industry, which is both, um, change in the last few years. And we absolutely have started to see that as well. And we know that like, it's been this sort of very, um, even the way you're talking about yoga, like a very, like the, the Western approach has been very like whitewashed. It's been Mm -hmm. very, um, you know, sort of marketed in a certain way, just sort of like to fit into the kind of capitalist structure that we have. And, um, but I think having a real sense of like grounded, um, purpose in it, no matter where you are is, is contributing to, um, the change. And would you speak a little bit to what you've seen change or maybe what you're excited about that is changing in the wellness space? Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm with you in that the grounded approach. I mean, that's what works for me and that's who I am. And there's, I think there's just people want authenticity. Like if I was going to somehow be something that I wasn't, people would know. And in in wellness and, and yoga and really all of this stuff right now, there's people are excited about it. They're hungry. There's a lot of people that are waking up to everything from, you know, not eating packaged foods to discovering astrology for the first time. Like this is a really exciting time. And I mean, you hit on it as well, that it's, it's so baked into consumerism at times that it gets, it gets kind of sad. I I wish that we can work together. And I do, this is what I am hopeful for. This is what I get excited about is that there's a lot more focus on accessibility, that there's more focus on inclusion, that, you know, the company that I worked for, for a very long time, who I, I really, they gave me so much, but 
I mean, looking at their marketing practices from 10 years ago, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, hello, this is not, we're not all skinny white girls in Lululemon. Like this isn't okay. So I do see that changing and I think we have a long way to go. Myself included, you know, I, as, as humility is just all I can do that I am learning and I, I make a lot of mistakes and I appreciate when someone tells me what I do. Um, but there's a lot changing in that space. The more people that can have access to this stuff, the more that we can share and um, the more that it's not about income or products or consumerism, I think the better. Yeah, no, that's so beautiful. And it's so true. And even your experience, you know, um, that you shared too, with your like spiritual journey and Catholicism. It's so funny. Cause I've, um, I, I grew up in a Buddhist home. I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, so, and I grew up, there was a lot of Buddhists, you know, around <laughs> us, um, we're everywhere though. There's Buddhists all over the country, but, um, it was interesting because I think in my, when I was in college, I took like a Buddhism and Christianity course. And that was really, really fascinating. And then, um, our Buddhist organization did like a Buddhism and Christianity lecture a few years ago before the pandemic. And that was so interesting. And the, the individual who was lecturing, he said, and he's, um, he's an author and he talked about, um, how he grew up, I think Christian. And when he found Buddhism, it similar to your, it made him feel closer to God. Mm -hmm. Actually, it was like, this is everything, I, it made him feel closer to God. And so I thought that was so interesting, right? That, um, a lot of people have that experience, you know, when they, uh, embrace spirituality as it makes them feel closer to this, this function of, of God. And I just think it's so interesting because I've also had the, um, opportunity to speak on panels talking about, uh, different religion and, and I've done it a couple years now at a, at a school in Los Angeles. And, um, there was, you know, uh, representative from the Jewish religion and the Christian religion and, um, me as a Buddhist and, um, with, uh, Islam as well. And it's so interesting because at their core, so many things are so similar, the right? Same. It's just yeah. language that really mm -hmm. gets in our way. Language is so limiting, right? You know, like it's, it's unbelievable, but I think the practice of spirituality, I think really does help people as you're describing, like come back to themselves, come back to this feeling that they have of, you know, God or purpose and, and whatever Avenue people get to get there, I think is so profound and beautiful. And so even if it is through self-care, if it is through really nurturing and nourishing themselves, um, or if it's through Buddhism or Catholicism or whatever it is, I think it's all really, really beautiful. And so, and I know that's what you really help people too in your work, you know, find as a way back to themselves and back to really deeply caring for themselves and self-care can get right. Such an eye roll response. Now I feel <laughs> I like too, when we talk about it, because it's like, Oh, self-care. Yeah. That sounds nice, but X, Y, and Z. So can you talk to us too, a little bit about cosmic self-care. I love that name, by the way, I love it so much. So can you talk to us about what you mean by cosmic self-care and, um, how you help people work through that? Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for seeing that in me, that that's something that I'm trying to, to help people is come back to themselves. Cause that's truly, truly it. Uh, I just, 
I really love life, even when it's really shitty. It's just, you know, some of us have hard things as we do and we can still have a beautiful life. So that's, that's what we do in all of this work, cosmic self-care. So it was really probably at the beginning of the pandemic where I was like, I really need to start studying astrology. This is just too perfect. And I just, you know, when you just have your charts read or like, as we see these things like human design, like astrology that essentially mirror back to us who we are, it's so validating. It feels so good to see like, oh, okay. This is why I love romantic comedies. My Venus is in Leo. I'm super extra in that sense. And that's just like, it feels so good, right? <laughs> to know who you are. My Venus is also in Leo. Yes, right. is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I get that so much. No, my husband's like, okay, we can't like, I, I want him to be over the top at all times. And like, he's the Capricorn. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> Stop. My husband is a Capricorn Venus and I'm a Leo Venus. And that is our biggest marital conflict is like under, like he is like the stable, solid love that will always be there, but doesn't feel the need to be extra. And I need extra. And it is so I can't, I'm having so I knew I liked you, Ashley. This is why we vibe. So <laughs> okay, I have much. a funny story to tell you about this, Erica, because it's it does come in handy at times, right? It's I want him to be extra. He's not going to be extra, and I can make up for that. And so when we were in like birthing classes for my first daughter, there there was this crunchy birthing school. It was so cool, and we, everyone was going around talking. The husbands were like sharing affirmations that they were going to say during birth to their wives, right? So or I guess partners. So anything from like, you know, all these, these, um, fathers were, you're so amazing. You're just, you're the most strong person. I know like these huge Epic things, <laughs> my husband gets to his turn and he just like deadpan looks at me and he's like Penny and clink. These are our dogs. Penny and clink think that you're doing a really good job. That was it. <laughs> like, okay. That was not going to work. <laughs> God, yeah. But as long as they can be coached, like now I'm just like, this is what I need from you. And then, you know, yeah, I love you. I'll go do it. You know, it's, you can make it work. It's all communication. Astrology helps you with communication. Yes, I feel like yes, so much does. to understand your needs and their needs better, I think. But anyway, I'm so sorry I interrupted. I hope our audience also appreciates the astrology tidbits and jump in, but, um, yeah, I love this stuff. Please continue. <laughs> I do too. I think that's like, this is why it's so fun. And the more that you learn, the more you get to understand other people and yourself. So when I think about astrology, when I really started to study it and I, I started with, by looking at my own chart, you know, I think that's the best place anyone can start is just really understanding their own chart. I, I just kept thinking like, man, I can use this to get so specific on practices right now, truly in the midst of chaos, in the midst of these lockdowns to just nurture myself. So it kind of started from there, just looking at, okay, sun for energy. I'm going to look at the sun for energy to see where I can, I can get a little bit more life. I can feel more in, you know, my, my vibrant, shiny self, um, the moon, what are those practices to feel safe so that I feel like I can rest and I can, I can truly unpack some of the stuff that I'm feeling looking to Mars for motivation. So I can actually like go and do some of these practices. So I started, just applying this. Um, and I had a friend of mine who's also an astrologer and we were doing a lot of workshops around this together. And eventually I just started setting it formally. I'm in a four, a four-year astrology program, which sounds like, whoa, like college. Like, yeah, it was kind of like, 
that and um, apply it to all that I know about wellness, all that I know about yoga. And so when I work with clients and what I talk about on the show pretty frequently is that self-care, like you said, I roll self-care is so overwhelming. There's so many things. There's so many shoulds. There's so many awesome influencers doing like the perfect morning routine. And I'm just like, I can't, that's not me. I can't do that. And so I like to use the birth chart to be that map, that navigation to get really specific about here are the practices that you can choose from. Let's whittle this down. Let's take that overwhelm and decision fatigue down so that you know where to start. Will they all work? No, they're not all going to work, but they're a good place to start and to understand, you know, what really fills you up and you can still change and you can still ebb and flow. Um, But it's just, it's very personalized practices. Yeah, that's cool. I think, you know, I love the idea, whatever the tool may be, but definitely in the way that you're describing astrology, I can see how it helps with specifics, but because there's so much, um, I don't want to say noise necessarily, because I think a lot of it works for some people, but, or some of it works for a lot of people, right? But because there's such a vast amount of information, out there. And this can be, we talk about this all the time in the context of like wellness. It can be on nutrition. It can be on this. You got to eat this. It's like, but maybe that's not right for you. In in nutrition, Erica and I deal with this concept of bio-individuality. So sure, we can say that like whole foods that come from the earth are probably going to be something that benefits every human, right? Like we can say generally that, but, um, you know, maybe you can handle some, uh, you know, I don't know. What's the word? Give me an example. You can handle some dairy, dairy. Dairy, Mm -hmm. That's one that I can't handle. Um, in, you know, in moderation, in a way, maybe it doesn't affect your digestion the way it affects my digestion. So I can help you specifically source types of dairy that, might be great for you where I know that like for me, I kind of have to avoid pretty much all of it. Um, those, that's just an example, but it's sort of goes to that where it's like, okay, having something like a map, um, or I guess in the case of nutrition, if you wanted to do a nutrition panel or something like that, you know, having something, a tool to help whittle it down, as you're saying, to see what could really serve you as an individual, um, so that it's not this overwhelm or, or sense of pressure, but in a a sense of excitement around choosing something that really suits you and can support you. It sounds really cool and, um, fun. And I don't know a ton about astrology. We've done a couple episodes. Erica's you're more of, I feel like you've taken a deeper dive. So like, sometimes I'll forget things and I'll, I'll call her and be like, Hey, can you remind me what, it, what is my, this, or what's my, that? I mean, I could just look at my chart, but like she has a better, a deeper understanding of it probably than I do. But, um, it's really, I also like what I like about it, which you mentioned too, is that it's fun. I find that it's really fun. Um, and yeah, there is this cool sense of self, maybe validation, as you said, where it's like, Oh, that makes sense or really give us, gives you the opportunity to at least self-reflect when you, when you learn these little aspects that are uniquely yours to your chart. So Mm -hmm. that's cool. I like the way that you use that as a part of a practical thing that people can start to, um, you know, like apply in their 
daily lives. Yeah. I mean, that's my hope is that we can use astrology to actually, you know, make it something, you know, put it into practice. And as much as I love predictive astrology, I don't think I'll ever be that person that's going to read, okay, in this year, you're going to have this happen and this happen and this happen. I just, I don't necessarily feel connected to that. I mean, something that's really cool about astrology is that there's a, there's a light and a dark to literally every piece of the chart. You get to choose, you have free will. Your chart is, it doesn't change, but at some point you might vacillate between the shadow side of your sun sign and, and the light. And that's kind of amazing. We're still individuals. So again, by using something, that tool to allow us to move closer to that positive expression, to that light filled version of ourselves, um, it just, it takes a little bit of the pressure off. It's a, it's a, it's a guide. It's a guide to joy. This episode is brought to you by Base. Ever wanted to figure out why you are feeling sluggish or bloated or what's really up with your stress levels or why you never feel truly rested with base at home blood work kits, a simple finger prick or saliva sample makes it easy to find out the answers to common health concerns. Whether you know which tests you want to get started with, or you need some guidance, base's proprietary assessment quiz makes it easy to begin your health journey empowered with an understanding of your own body. Members can measure, understand, and improve their health levels related to the five most common areas of health concerns, diet, stress, energy, sleep, and sex drive. The result of your hormone, vitamin, or nutrient tests are delivered to you through BASE's app and come with personalized recommendations, including lifestyle changes, supplement suggestions, and more. We both had the opportunity to try base and we love having the information at our fingertips and really recommend it as a resource. You know, we are huge proponents of advocating for your own health and base gives you a baseline information about yourself just to make it easier. Pricing starts at $59.95 per month or quarterly, or you can start with base complete, which are eight tests upfront for 450. We are happy to be able to offer our listeners 20% off with the code CW podcast to get started. Take the base quiz, which will give you a recommendation for a personalized testing plan. Visit get basecom CW podcast to receive 20% off with code CW podcast at checkout. You can also find the direct link to the quiz in our show notes. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. I have been using their baking soda-free deodorant exclusively for over two years. This gentle, aluminum-free, baking soda-free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to a clean aluminum free deodorant, I tried so many different brands and each and every time I was plagued with red itchy bumps under my arms on top of feeling not confident at all that I did not smell. Milk and honey not only never once gave me those pesky red bumps, but also passed the smell test, even after an intense spin and hit class. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. And for our local to Los Angeles listeners, Milk and Honey has the most amazing spa that just opened in Brentwood in West LA after being the go-to spa with multiple locations in Texas for so long. They offer facials, body treatments, massages, and so much more at their beautiful new space. 
I recently had a massage at the Brentwood location and it was a lovely experience. We are so happy that Milk and Honey Spas are now in LA. And of course, their online boutique is just the best if you aren't local. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper-clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand, and in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. Their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Yeah, I think too. I mean, I love it. And I do know Allie's chart very well. <laughs> Better so, than I do. I think. What are, yeah. Will you guys tell me what your, yeah, we want to know yours is? too. So oh, I'll, I, should I go first or you want to yeah. go first? Well, you, well, should we do big three or big five? What do you find is the most, um, I mean, if you can get Mars in there, I'd love to know that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Your I five. know you're Mars. So you're going to have to help me with Mars and Venus because mm-hmm. I always forget, but I, I, it's very easy for me. I'm Sun is Aries, Moon is Aries, rising is Aries. No, did you tell me this? I can't. Yeah. Did, did we talk about amazing. this? I don't remember. This. I don't think you we did. I think I would remember. I don't think we did. And then, and then your your Mars, Mars is in Taurus, Taurus, mm, and yes. your uh, Venus is in Capricorn. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Or it's the opposite. I, no, no, but no, I'm no. pretty sure I think you're right. Jeff's Venus, my husband, actually, Ali and my husband are, my husband's all fire, but then, you know, anyway, my husband is, uh, uh, Venus in Capricorn and you're not the same. So then your Mars is in Capricorn. Okay. My Mars, your Mars is, is in Capricorn. Is in Capricorn. Oh, that's Venus nice. Is in Taurus. Taurus. Okay, Never mind. I was the opposite. That's how yeah. I remember Ali's because it's the yeah. opposite one of my husband. That's Ali. So you're ruled by Mars. If you're, yes. if you're an Aries rising and Capricorn Mars and Capricorn is, um, is really a power punch. Like you have, that's a gift. That's exciting. And that means you have a lot of motivation, a lot of motivation and like ability to actually put your visions and your passion into action, go and do the thing. So cool. I love I that. I try, setup. I try to, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, when I found out I was a triple Aries, I was like, I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> Just it's not a, Aries is amazing. Aries no, I is. love being Aries. Spoken like a true Aries. <laughs> I I wouldn't want to be any other sign. Can I tell you guys actually like funny little tiny story? And then we have to move on to Erica's and then yours too. I want to hear yours, Ashley. But um, one time my partner and I we went to Hawaii and it was sort of like a post birthday vacation, but it was like a month after my birthday. And he's like, we go up to the um have a nice dinner out at a a restaurant and he had made the reservation and they're like, Oh, and whose birthday is it? And he's like, it's hers. And I was like, Oh yeah. And they're like, Oh, happy birthday. So we're like celebrating my birthday. And he's like, what's wrong? And I was like, 
I don't want them to think I'm a Taurus <laughs> spoken like a true Aries. He's like, that's your problem. I'm getting cake for you. <laughs> you're, you're pissed off that they could think you have the wrong astrological sign. I was like, yeah. Cause you know, Aries is first on the Zodiac. So we have, yeah. a, we have a lot you're, of, she's yeah. an Aries. I have a lot of Aries in my life. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, so <laughs> that's my only little like <laughs> anecdote. I was like, oh yeah, it's very Aries. super Aries to say, but I don't want anybody <laughs> thinking I'm not an Aries. Yeah. Okay. No, you're, um, you're an Aries. I am. Um, my whole chart is air and fire, except for this one thing. So I am a Libra sun, an Aquarius moon, and a Capricorn rising. So thank God I have that because my Venus and Mars, my Venus is in Leo and my Mars is in Aries. So, um, and I have no water in my chart. So that's something I personally, um, you have zero. Oh, wow. I think I have, um, like the generational water, something for my generation, Pluto, uh, Jupiter is in Pisces. Oh, okay. Jupiter's in Pisces. No, no, that's yours, Allie. Sorry. I opened up your chart to make sure. Yeah. I was 86 right. Jupiter's in Pisces for sure. Yeah. No, there's something that, um, here, let me just look at my chart really quick. We'll edit this little thing out. <laughs> it's too long. Okay. Yeah. My Pluto is in Scorpio. That's it. That is my only, I am wow. all air and fire. And I have Capricorn, Neptune. I have a stellium. I don't know what that means. Stellium is three planets in a sign. Yeah, I have a stellium. Yeah. But I, so I have um, Capricorn and Neptune and rising, and then it's all air and fire, wow. except That's, for Scorpio. You know what's really cool about that too, Erica, is that like, so yes, like theoretically, there's no, there's no like, chart that's lacking in anything. Like if you don't have water in your chart, here's what you do. You navigate towards water energy, whether it be like the people in your life or like, you know, a practice that's sort of watery. It's, it's so cool there. When I heard a teacher tell me that for the first time of like, you know, someone was really concerned, like, I don't have any water in my chart. I'm lacking in this element. She's like, you are perfect this is what, how this will work out. This is how it'll play out. You'll just sort of balance in this other way. So yeah. What did you say your rising was? Capricorn. Capricorn. Okay. Yeah. So your Saturn world, which now is like, now is especially for like having all that fire that you do Allie. And then like having a, a more balanced kind of big three and that like grounded <laughs> rulership. That's such a good combo. You guys, like I can, I mean, clearly you're good partners. We are very compatible partners. Yeah. And, and she the Libra, the Libra Aries thing works is, really. Yeah. We compatible. work really well as a Libra and Aries. And I think sometimes I know with um, opposite signs, right. It can be in conflict, but I know in right. The light of it is you give what the other needs. And I think Allie and I have really cultivated, like I need her Aries and she gets my, like we get each other that way. And then the fact that my Mars, the way I get angry is in her like dominant Like she gets my anger. It's so, it's a very good partnership. I love, she's like my wife. We joke around. We're like, we're basically (laughs) married. Um, yeah. What about you, Ashley? I know I remember you're a full moon baby and you have, yeah. So please share with us. (laughs) Oh, so the only thing I would say, did you guys ever look up the birth chart of your show? Have you ever done that before? No. Yeah. Wild practice. Like if you can see generally like the day that you, well, even that first published episode, see the time on that. Um, yeah. And you can, I would consider that your birth chart. That's what I've done that with mine. And it's like so wild. It's so, it works so well. 
Oh yeah, I'll be doing that. Our, I just remembered that our the sun sign of our chart, I mean, of our show would be a cancer. Yeah. Oh, the day we perfect. decided to do it would be in Taurus, but yeah. the day we launched was in cancer because yeah. May was when we decided to do the show. And, and then, end of June, it was like very June late 27th. June. I think. 7th. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll do yeah. I'll do our chart. I'll send cancer. it to you, Ashley. <laughs> Nurturing. I mean, just the nurturer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I am a cancer son. Speaking of cancer, okay. um, I never identified with cancer at all growing up. I was like, what? I don't, I'm, I always identified with my Capricorn moon. And it wasn't until I actually had kids that I was like, oh yeah, here it is. Like, this is the mother vibe, which some people just feel their sun signs right away. It took me a while. Um, so cancer, sun, Capricorn moon, Aries rising. So I also mm. have a which makes it really interesting that it's called a natural chart when you're, when Aries is in your first house. So you can kind of like all of the other houses or all of the other signs rather fall into their natural houses. Mm. It's kind of like a cheat. It's kind of nice for us that are Aries rising. Yeah. I see. I see that. I'm not, again, I don't know that, that much about it, but I see what you were talking about with you. I could see all of those components in you. Yeah. Not knowing you that well, but like just knowing you so far a little bit. It's kind of exciting to you guys because well, one, um, Mars is in Capricorn right now. So like as a collective, we're feeling motivated, we're getting stuff done and, and it's, it can be hard when we're coupled up against lockdowns and school closures and all of that. So if there's some frustration out in the world at the moment, I feel you. And then also, you know, for the work that we do over the next 18 months or so, there's a lot of really interesting energy moving away with the lunar node. So Scorpio is the South node at the moment, which is where we're letting go of kind of that grief and heaviness and, um, even things that like our shadow that we're just not necessarily, we weren't necessarily willing to confront. So we're releasing a lot of that over the next 18 months. And we're moving towards Taurus, which is about luxury and feeling good and delicious food and sensual pleasures, things that are like, we're so, so lucky to experience as humans that's where we're going as a collective. So I think about, you know, what we do, which is to nourish and take care of people in these very unique ways. I don't know. It's going to be, I think a lot of us are excited about that change. I am. (laughs) I need it. That sounds very welcome. Doesn't it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, something you touched on earlier, but I would love to ask you this, especially as you are about to embark on motherhood for the third time. Um, and I find, you know, the fact that you were talking about really needing to take care of yourself in order to show up in that way. You know, one of the things I would say, like one of the, I, I have not birthed any humans, but one thing that I, as I, you know, consider the idea of it, it's, um, the fear this is like the only fear. And it's funny. I know people have different fears, but for me, the only fear that comes up against it, and I'm just going to be radically honest about that is that I think I'd be like super capable. I think I'd really enjoy it. All of these things. However, I know my life would drastically change for the better and potentially, I don't want to say for the worse, but I, I have fear against losing the autonomy that I have in my life that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And I know that it doesn't mean I have plenty of friends who are wonderful moms and who have maintained their authenticity, their individuality, their 
total sense of self, do it with like broods of children. I don't even know (laughs) how they do it. They're so amazing. So I know it's fundamentally incredibly possible. And I know that I would expand on a lot of levels too. Like I understand all the beautiful things that can come from it. And there's this sense of like, yes, your body needs to literally keep someone else alive for a while. And then you need to keep them alive in other ways for a long time after that. And so as someone who has done it, who is doing it, who has a, um, who has work surrounding this topic as well, can you share us, uh, share with us some insight and how, and yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would, I would love to hear that. And I think a lot of our listeners are of this generation or moving into these. We have some younger listeners too, maybe moving into the childbearing years. Should that be something they choose to do? I'd love to just hear from someone who does it, who has practices around it. Yeah. How do you do do it? I, I mean, it's, it's such a good point, Allie. And I was somebody for the longest time really up until we got pregnant with Lily that I just, I didn't, I don't like kids. I don't like them at all. I don't, they're sticky and they're like loud. I love my kids. I, I'm upset clearly <laughs> like having all these kids. And so I just, I'm with you. And I still, there's a part of me that does grieve the person that I was before your life does change. And so I don't, I don't like to sugarcoat things. Like it definitely changes. And I want to recognize a lot of people, a lot of women, moms in the last two years that are literally like trying to function, do their work while their kids aren't in school, while they're, I mean, it's, it's a really tough time and it's going to end. Like this is going to shift. So what I've learned through this process is that the joy that I feel on this side of having kids compared to the joy that I felt there was so much joy before kids, it's, it's different. It's bigger. The lows are lower. That's for sure. But the, the, the joys are hugely bigger. And I, you know, there's this really interesting science about like dopamine and the, the pain pleasure response that when we take away some of the things that make things life really easy, right? Like things that are just like so easy, we can just breeze through life. We start to lose satisfaction. So I genuinely do believe that some of the really hard stuff makes those joy moments so much better. And in practice, I am, I'm the parent that like, if somebody wants to judge me because I'm going on like a bougie weekend to Miravald with a girlfriend, fine. I'm happy to be that parent. I look to very specific expanders who are also like that. Um, I love like Lauren Everts Bostic and how she's, she's so upfront about exactly how she parents. And, you know, they, they hired a night nurse when they had their newborn at home. We're doing that for this third time. Um, I love Sophie Jaffe. She has three children. Like she's really prioritizing her own well-being and is also willing to say when things are hard. So if my kids ever listen to this and they they hear me say something like, you know, oh, it was just like this perfect, amazing life experience, they're no, I'm going to be lying because that's just not the truth. And yet I would never regret it. I'm I'm obsessed with it, with parenting and with my kids. And I'm I'm more obsessed with myself now because I know that I can create, I can create life, I can sustain life, I can teach them things, I can be just this this 
teacher of all that, you know, of prioritizing their own needs when I do that myself. But you kind of have to be willing to go up against the judgment because it's a little self-care is honestly like pretty radical, especially as a parent. Yeah, no, I mean, that's really helpful. I think I'm going to piggyback off of Ali's question. And now we're just like seeking from you about life answers, but I, for me, it's not so much the autonomy of it all. Um, as it is like, I struggle with, and I'm sure a lot of people right now struggle with anxiety, right? Like, um, like, like we've talked about, like we've just lived through the world as we know, it is completely different than it was two years ago, wherever you stand on where the pandemic is today the world's not the same, right? Like we're, we're all in a constant, I feel like chronic state of stress. And a lot of us are living in chronic anxiety, but I do worry because I struggle with anxiety. Um, I worry about having children and being so worried about these little creatures, you know, like living their best lives. And, you know, I don't know, you know, now I know my chart, but I also love to have control. And I know Mm -hmm. with children, Um, you don't have it. And I'm learning a lot of what I've been going through these last two years is really releasing anxiety and stress and also relinquishing, surrendering to the lack of control we all have and that I have. Um, But how do you work on that? Like, how do your self-care practices help you deal with control and anxiety and, you know, stress as a mom and as just a human being? I actually did a whole episode on this at like the end of the year, because this last year was like, you're like, you're saying was probably the hardest it's ever been. And I'm not someone who's really experienced anxiety, depression before, but I definitely did. So we, we actually um, were pregnant with twins last year and we, we miscarried them and it was, it was hard in the moment. It was definitely hard, but like the sort of the ripple effect, the, the downfall that came later surprised me and it showed up as anxiety and depression. And I was like, who is this? I don't know this person. I've never experienced this before. And so I had to put a lot of these practices that I'd been cultivating over years and teaching into, you know, into real practice. I had to do it. And it was, I don't know, it's, it's hard. And I think the biggest thing is, is for me anyways, I can only really speak to me and is that it, it takes consistency and it takes honesty that I can't always meditate my way out of something that feels really hard. And that there's been times where, you know, I often, I have my therapist is like, I'm, I love you so much. Thank you. God bless. <laughs> like, this is so helpful. And when I, you know, I talk to other people that have experienced any of this anxiety or depression of just feeling, you know, life and not having that control, there's, there's a lot of, I don't, I guess I don't know that I have an answer because I think it's so personalized, right? I think it's so personalized and things like kids do make it more challenging. Cause it's like, almost like your heart's living outside of your body, right? Like it's that much more, <laughs> I love them so much. Like this feels so vulnerable. And so what I've really done is I stay super connected to, to a ritual practice like meditation that allows me to become into a calm state, to get into that parasympathetic nervous system breath work. I know we've talked about breath work before when I can feel that anxiety creeping up, or I feel those moments of like low, I go to those practices, but I'm also extremely honest with myself about when they're not enough, when I need to reach out to my therapist, or when I need to talk to my husband and say like, I need some time, I need a break. And so it's, I think it's 
knowing that you have tools, right? You have tools for these things. Do I think kids make anxiety worse? I mean, depends on, on your experience, but it's, that's why I think really focusing in on self-care before you get into this, into this stage of life is really helpful. Um, because then you can actually put them, you know, into application later, but it's tough. I, I feel for you. And I guess I, I wish I had a better answer, but I just, I, I think that we all have to experiment for ourselves. We have to look inward. It's like what you were saying, Allie, that like, you know, getting a blood panel and like seeing what it is that you need, what do you need and being okay with asking for help. Yeah. Thank you. I think it was, that was really a good answer because there is no one size fits all necessarily, but to, to like, yeah, have the insight to just look in and see what you might need in that moment, which might be different six months down the line or totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I feel like we could chat with you forever. Um, and it's been such a pleasure as we start to wrap up that we always do three wrap up questions. The first one we've sort of touched on because it's been a topic of conversation today, but I would love to hear, um, some, maybe some specifics of what your daily self-care practices look like. And do you have any non-negotiables in your day? Mm, yes. I love asking this question too, on my show, because the answers are so different, um, at the moment, because it does change quite a bit. I'm really leaning into my evening practice. You know how people are like morning routines. Yeah. And I love a good morning routine, but for me, it's felt a lot more easeful and controllable to focus on the evenings. So I've been doing, um, doing a bath at about like two hours before bedtime, either a bath or a shower. If I don't have time, kids are in bed. I can just read a book or like, listen to something in the bath, turn the light, turning the lights down, like having a candle going, really paying attention to light right now. It's dark here by, I mean, like five. So it's just so gloomy, but I'm trying to embrace that and enjoy the season. So cooling or rather, I guess, warming the body up so that I can get out of that. And then it immediately cools the body down and gets you kind of sleepy. And then I got one of those like Amber reading lights that you attach to your, to a book. So I've been reading with my, like reading an actual book with my Amber reading light for a few minutes, or it sometimes can be long. I love to read like ridiculously embarrassing romance novels, like the ones that your grandma would like have a knitted cover over. Like those are the type. Like Danielle Steele or something like I've that. I've never read Danielle Steele, but it looks like that. I'm like yeah. Venus and Leo again, Erica. Here we go. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Um, and sometimes my daughters are like, what is this, mom? I'm like, oh, you know, just a little book here. So I read something trashy and then try to get to bed really pretty early. Um, I just, you know, sleep is kind of tough at the end of a pregnancy, but getting that in and it really sets up my day. Um and then the morning is pretty simple. If I can get a little meditation in, I love Joe Dispenza meditations. I love to be magnetic, um, daily imagining work. Um, and if I can make some sort of like delicious coffee, superfoods or matcha or something like that, it just sets me up. But other than that, it is like, what can we squeeze in? Oh, one other thing I'd love to do is I, even though it's freezing here, it's insanely cold. If I can get outside and go for a walk and I look ridiculous, so I got like snow pants, you know, like ridiculously large snow pants and they don't button anymore because the belly is too big. So they just like hang open and I just walk outside and it feels so good to get a little bit of sunlight in the, in the eyeballs and get that body up to par and the vitamin D. So those are my simple practices at the moment. Yeah. 
Wow. Thank you. Those sound wonderful. (laughs) Um, the next question we always ask is what does being courageous mean to you? You know, kind of going along the lines of things that we were talking about as it relates to self-care and, and pushing the envelope a little bit, being courageous to me means standing up for yourself, vocalizing your needs, listening to those needs and, and taking that power, right. Taking that power back. If it's been somehow kind of stolen in some way. And I do think that's courageous because we live in a world where again, women are just really expected to do so much for other people. Um, and I think we're the generation that's going to change that. I really do for our, for our kids and for future generations, like this isn't a way to live. Agreed. Thank you for that. And, um, Okay. So the final one is, do you have any book recommendations? I'm giggling because maybe there's some like steamy book recommendations, but, um, (laughs) any, it can be literally on anything. It can be on whatever, whatever has meant something to you. So whether that's a novel or whether that's, um, an astrology book or whatever it might be, um, can you recommend something for our audience? Yes. I have three all in different categories that I think will be <laughs> so steamy first. Cause clearly that's what I like to read at night. The roommate, everybody, it's an easy read. It's yummy. And like, it's actually, I mean, it's good storytelling, right? So love the embarrassing stuff in there, but it's also a good story. The roommate. Secondly, for astrology, I love Channy Nicholas, the astrologer Channy Nicholas, and she has a book called "You Were Born for This," which is which talks about your birth chart um, in a really like navigable way. Um, so if you're getting new to astrology, I think that's a great place to start. And then the third, what was I going to say? Oh, um, "Buy Yourself a Fucking Lilies" by Tara Schuster. She's I've had to get her on my show, and she's like too cool now. I think not. She's really sweet, <laughs> but um, she's so so funny at explaining self-care and, and the practices that she developed over time. Um, I, I think I've read that book like five times and I recommend it to so many people. So it's a, it's a really good one. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if any of our listeners, uh, don't already listen to your podcast or want to find you, follow you, work with you, where can they do that? You can find the podcast. It's, uh, it's called yoga magic, um, on Instagram at yoga magic podcast. You can find me at ashley.sondergaard and yeah, we'd love to see you at any do events. Um, would love to chat with you about cosmic self-care if that's something you're interested in. And I'm just really grateful. Thanks for letting me be on the show friends. This was great. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of courageous wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.